Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. Thank you all for tuning in to Nickish. It is March 19, 2022. The Knicks are on a two-game winning streak after last night's close win against the Wizards. But first, let's talk a bit about the other things going on with Nickish. Right now on our website, nick-ish.com, we're selling hoodies and caps that, if you're a Knicks fan, you want to wear. So check out our website right now and cop yourself a comfortable hoodie and hat today. And while you're at it, put in that five-star review and rating for our show. It's one of the best ways to support us and what we're bringing to you guys every week. And without further ado, let's bring in one of our co-hosts here, Nafi. What's going on, man? How are you feeling today? All right, man. Not bad. Not bad. Beautiful Saturday afternoon over here in D.C. Can't complain. How about you? Doing all right. I'm, I'm glad it's a nice sunny afternoon for you there because fucking raining here. It's been pretty shitty weather today. But uh, let's hear let's hear how our other co-host, Faiz, is doing. How are you doing, man? I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. Uh, looking forward to uh, another day of Nick's talk you know uh just shoot the shit every saturday it's, it's a good feeling yeah get, get, get some shit off our chest basically and uh i don't know if you want to touch on it first mo but there was definitely <coughs> an elephant in the room that uh, we should acknowledge right now that, mother- that motherfucking elephant just like stampeding into the room this week you know what i mean courtesy of one report from bleacher reports jake fisher if you want to tell our audience what that is they if they if they don't already know which if you're a Knicks fan, you don't know what the hell we're talking about. Then what the fuck are you doing to listen to us? But either way, go ahead, Mo. Let us I know. mean, maybe maybe they listen to us to learn about these things, and they're just oh, not on their phones. You know, like fucking psychopaths it. like us looking at Knicks news all day and night. But anyway, <laughs> uh, no, like you mentioned, Jake Fisher from the Bleacher Report reported that uh, Knicks head coach Tom Thibodeau will likely be retained for next next season, and a lot of fans are not feeling that news, man. I, I personally wasn't feeling it. I don't. I'm not sure how you guys are feeling about it, but I have a pretty good idea. So, throw it, I'm throwing it right back at you, Nafi. What it, first instinct when you saw that, uh, or first thought that popped into your head when you saw Jake's report? First thought, my immediate thought, just because I'm a cynical piece of shit, is like, yo, that's bullshit. I mean, like, I, I think I even told y'all offline. I was like, it just seems like a calculated leak to like, you know what I mean? Uh, tied the fan base over for the rest of the, f- through the end of the season and also kind of like avoid Tibbs being like the quote-unquote lame duck at the end like at the end of the season you know what I mean so that like the players can probably you know play a little bit more freely you know what I mean but that was just my immediate takeaway had some obviously had a few days to think about it and digest the news but uh I'm on the same boat as you not exactly the news I was looking for but uh I'll let let Faiz kind of give his first impressions right now before we dig in a little bit more well what, what do you think of the news Faiz? I don't know, man. I think as a Knicks fan, it's fitting to have, like, super bipolar opinions on this whole thing. Like, <laughs> I want to say that I was, like, super upset and be like, what the hell? Why is Tom Thibodeau coming back? But at the same time, like, I want to, I want, like, I kind of get it. Like, you know, last few years, we we're just moving from coach to coach. We got this guy signed in on five years, and we're going to just throw him under the bus uh, two years in. So I, I, I get the move as like a front office type of thing. You don't want to get rid of the guy, your guy, uh, only after two years. One of those years being the most successful year that the Knicks have had 
in a very long time being the fourth seed, you know, making the playoffs, although it's a first round exit. But, you know, we're going 50-50 on the last two years. So let's 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 break. Let's see the tiebreaker year. Let's see how year three goes. And I'm, I'm kind of there for it now. At the same time, like I'm telling you guys, I'm feeling a little bipolar. Like I don't like the lineups he's having. I don't like how he's been mismanaging our our pieces because we're just seeing Randall isolation, Randall post ups when we have a plethora of assets that we should be utilizing. But it's it's mixed feelings, man. I'm mixed feelings. But in general, I'm excited to see what he has to bring next year because. If he messes up next year, I'm ready to pull the trigger, bring in Johnny Bryant to 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 be the head coach. But you know, still right now, I'm hesitant to to let, give the reins to someone else. Yeah, swear I thought I thought only people that would say they're excited for Thibodeau's next season would be you know related to Thibodeau. But you know, <laughs> it's the first thing for everything. I didn't mean to cut you off, Mo. Go ahead. No, it it's curious on why they would leak the support out with 15 games to go. It's most likely maybe they're just being good managers and trying to get the top guy as far as coaching goes you know feeling comfortable as as far as you know the remaining the remainder of the season goes and as the Knicks continue to make somewhat of a push to get into the play-in tournament uh if they didn't if Tibbs was in a position where he felt that his job was on the line he might be not thinking as clearly and you know unbiasedly or at least objectively speaking the Knicks have been great not great. They've been much better since the out since the All Star game. They have the best uh, defense in the league as far as rating goes. So, the players that is that that's true. Yeah. For real, like defensive yeah. rating. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Best defensive rating, and they actually have one of the best net ratings. And a lot of the competition was. I mean, Julius Randle's pick, picked it up. RJ's picked it up. A lot of the players picked up. IQ included. And Tibbs, as a coach, you know, we're seeing better rotations. Whether it's out of necessity or out of Definitely choice is a different matter. But. I think it's they put him in a position where he's comfortable, and we're seeing a little bit of last year's coach on the floor. We're seeing him get more, you know, hot-headed. We're seeing him bring in his energy out and putting into his players, and they're feeling it, and they are playing overall better. Um, whether I agree with it, disagree with it, is, is a different case because overall, you know, I, I wish they didn't even mention it and just kept the season going because most likely, you know, statistically, we're probably not going to make the playoffs. Um, and you know we would we would get back into in the off season see see what they want to do but I don't know man I uh, the first move of the off season keeping uh, Tibbs is not really the best move and I'm curious to see how they're gonna you know proceed with the roster moves in the off season um, but no would, would, would you guys do you guys agree with me on that line of thing that they're just doing to keep him comfortable just so that he he plays his best as a head coach for the rest of the season or you, you think it might be a little different than that I think you're you're warm as far as like the thinking behind this kind of this leak, um, because as we always touch on, anything that gets leaked from this front office specifically, it's for a purpose, right? And I think this like the maybe the simplest explanation is the right explanation. Leon and Tibbs go way back for like 20, 25 years. Maybe this is him, you know, Leon doing his boy Tibbs a solid. Like, alright, we'll get the heat off you for a little bit, and then we'll revisit in the summer. But you had any, you had something to chime in with, Faiz? Yeah, I, th- I think I agree with you when you say that uh, Mo's warm. Maybe it not might not be for Tibbs' comfort. Maybe it could be for the players' comfort. Where mm. like you guys, you got mm. uh, RJ, who's like a you know year three player. You got IQ, year two player. All these young guys, you don't want to really put them in a in a uh, like a, a situation that has a lot of turmoil, a lot of instability. You want to let them keep working at it because we could say a lot of things about Tibbs about how he plays his veterans too much, but we have seen progress in 
a lot of our young assets like IQ, RJ. Now, again, bipolar Knicks fans, we can also talk about how he hasn't really properly developed Obi Toppin and other players. So, you know, it goes either way, but I think consistency is nice having these having these players have the same coach and uh playing under that hard nose system and accountability you know relative <laughs> accountability is is good for, for the team that's a good point about the players because like, i think it was rj and quentin grimes both recently came out in like separate press conferences both kind of bigging up tibbs's like methodology as far as like coaching them up and kind of like having them earn their minutes and their roles so i definitely think like the idea that maybe he lost the locker room which maybe I was kind of thinking was the case a couple of weeks back when, you know, the, the fury against Tibbs was like at his peak, you know what I mean? But I think now it just seems like the young players do still fuck with Tibbs and it's more so about getting him the right pieces. And I mean, I think Mo wanted to chime in on that point as well, but yeah, I'll throw it back to him. No, I was going to say that exact thing that the message overall seems uniform amongst the players that they want to play hard for their coach. And I think Mike Breen pointed it out at least a couple of times last night that the players seem to be playing hard for their coach, which mm. Which is a positive overall. It's a positive. You don't want a team as young with players as young as the Knicks do to have multiple coaches. And we saw that that was a big reason why the Knicks weren't successful in years past. Just that rotation, endless carousel of Knicks, you know, new, new Knicks head coaches. And one being fired, another one being brought in, that one being fired, and so on and so forth. So that consistency is something that the Knicks have never seen before. And... You know, may, maybe we're contradicting ourselves, but or at least nah. I am. But it sounds it sounds it's a good thing to have that consistency. But you know, there are too many too many mistakes that Tibbs made this season. The Knicks should be in the in the run for at least the eighth or seventh seed. And right now, we're we're hoping we can even get into the play play in tournament. And with this roster, they're a lot better than they show on paper, or at least on record. So I don't know. I mean, well, well, to be fair, uh, I, I'm not trying to defend Tibbs, but look at the West, man. The Lakers have the same exact mm. record as us. And they're in the play-in tournament. It's just, you know, you, you got to account for the East getting much, much better. Where you're seeing the West is a top-heavy conference. The East throughout is battling. And we saw that last year, too, where teams were battling for, for this contention. And, look, we no one saw the Cavs getting this much better. We knew the Raptors were a, like weren't, weren't going to get better, but they got better. They got much better, you know, than the Celtics. They they went up all the way. Bulls doing what they did. Like, altogether, the East is just a stronger conference. And maybe the Knicks are out this year. But, hey, you make the right moves, you could be right in the thick of it again next year. Would you would you let go of Tibbs right now if you're Leon Fice? If I'm Leon Rose, there's no way I'm getting rid of him because right. that's my guy. That Like, getting rid of him shows weakness on my part. And I know we have this whole mafioso, uh, like, uh, personality that we see Leon has. So, uh, him being a CAA agent and everything, I don't see – I don't. if I'm Leon personally, I don't see myself letting him go. But that's the curse, the, the blessing and curse of having so many voices in the front office with, like, William uh, Wesley chiming in, everyone chiming in. This isn't just a decision. Like, at the end of the day, Leon makes – the decision but he's hearing a lot of voices uh in the back from wesley brock aller whoever it may be i feel that and but 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 to protect us from kind of the perception that would come uh from listeners that do hear us right now it may sound a little bit like we're backtracking on our anti-tib sentiment that uh has been kind of you know what i mean kicked up a notch in the last couple of weeks right but Everything you're laying out is fair, and but I do want to speak towards just the angst that we've had for weeks for Tibbs in that you're right. Like, you guys all called it out. This this roster is underperformed. He's fumbled the Kemba situation. He's fumbled just, like, using all the pieces he has available to him. 
And yeah, continuity is great, but continuity for the sake of continu- continuity, is that great? You know what I mean? That's my kind of like pushback on that. Not even playing devil's advocate because, you know, y- y- y'all have been hearing me for weeks now. I'm on the on the Johnny Bryant, you know, era of bandwagon right now. I need to, I need to see that this summer. But with Tibbs, I feel like, yeah, it's all true. Like, it's like Leon is a, what we've seen so far since, like, he took over. He's a pragmatist. He's, he's going to take his time and be patient with his decisions. And I feel like that's the model for the whole front office right and i just feel like if i was leon yeah i mean just as you said he is my boy i'm not gonna fire him right away but i do also feel like we've got he's got to give some kind of um there's got to be a give and take you know so like let's say that that pivots me to the question i want to ask y'all right now like let's say this is true let's say all our theories are bullshit let's say this is true that you know it's it's for a fact that's like tibbs is locked in to be our coach next season what do you guys do with the roster after that? Like, cause my thinking is, you know, if we're going to kind of swallow that medicine, AKA like we're going to live with Tibbs as our coach for another year. I think me personally, you got to take Julius out of the equation. Like, like literally save Tibbs from himself at that point. You know what I mean? But I'm gonna throw it back to y'all. What y'all think? Like, as far as like, let's say that is, let's say the Tibbs news, this report from Jake Fisher is legit hundred percent. Yeah. Like, I mean, y'all, what y'all thinking? When it comes to the, the encore, you know, wins and losses the two biggest factors are really Tibbs and Julius Randle as far as the season goes so you can't with an unsuccessful and this was an unsuccessful season you can't have both of the same ingredients of an unsuccessful season follow through next year for it to just Mm. continue and keep going obviously we have other factors like RJ Barrett's rise and other players coming together and developing but Randle what we're seeing right now we can't we can't expect him to be you know 2021 Randle every year moving forward he's only going to get older his his you know obvious and clear emotional issues on and off the court has been a problem on as far as our wins and losses go if Tibbs is there he I I agree with you 100% Randall can't be there because we're gonna end up seeing the same thing over again maybe even worse especially if the roster continues the same and I'm kind of concerned that if if Tibbs is already being told that he's gonna be retained for next season is this gonna be the first of is this gonna be the beginning of you know the front office showing out that they're gonna more or less keep the, the roster the same I'm not sure um, mm. but that, that Randall trade has to be at the top of the line, you know, as far as moves go in the off season. And obviously we've been thinking that for a couple of months, but with Tibbs, if he's going to be the coach next year and Randall being there, it's that, that's only a recipe for a under underwhelming season. Again, what do you think Faiz? you agree? I don't know, man. There's so many, there's so many narratives here. There's so many storylines. <laughs> it's really hard to even keep track of what we're talking about, but like, I'm going to say, um, I'm, I'm, this is an episode of backtracking a lot of takes because I remember a few weeks ago you guys were asking me um, how do I feel about Leon uh, not coming out and talking to, to the to the media, talking to the fans. And, you know, a few weeks ago I was like, oh, who cares? I don't really care. But now it's like, yo, because Leon doesn't do those things, we don't know which move is whose move. We don't what know you if mean, bro? He just put out a press release. You no, know no, I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to say with, like, this Kemba move, like, all of us are saying that Tibbs didn't want Kemba. That was Leon's move. That was Leon's move. You know, but I feel like there's just so there's so much – up in the air. We don't know what move was a Tibbs move. We don't know if Tibbs actually wanted Fournier, which I'm hearing Tibbs is the one who wanted Fournier. So we don't know which moves coincides with which budding head in this party. So 
it, it feels like a whole lot of the old Knicks where there's like uh, not instability, but there's a lot of butting heads. There's a lot of like people going for their own narrative, their own thing. Cause I feel like people aren't understanding. This is Tibbs's last opportunity at an NBA, like a head coaching job. So he's trying to make the most out of it and show that he still belongs in, in the NBA. And you know, Leon is also trying to put his footing in cause this is his first time running a front office as a president. So there's just so many like butting heads. There's so many things going on, but I don't know, man. I think I think you guys are right in terms of if Tibbs is the coach, I don't want to see Julius on this roster. But at the same time, like I don't I think that's why we shouldn't have Tibbs on this as a coach, because what does that tell you if you have to take away players because your coach won't listen to you, won't listen to the front office and play certain players. Like you That's bring true. in a guy like Cam, you bring in a guy like Cam Reddish, and you're like, oh, we burned a first round pick for him. Play him more, and your coach is like, no. So then you have to get rid of other players so that your coach will listen to you. That's that's so so backwards like that like you guys all need to be on the same page and the whole reason we wanted leon tibbs and everyone is because they were all on the same page the whole reasons i know i don't want to bring another sport into this but the giants hired the bills mm. uh the you know the bills gm and then you get the bills coach in because yep, you yep. want the whole front office the coaching staff everyone to be on the same page and it really feels like the knicks aren't on the same page now does bringing tibbs back bring them on the same page or does that further make the waters murky I, I i don't got the answers man i'm thinking like that's a good point like but i do think they are on the same page at least leon and tips just because like you know we just kind of covered it ourselves like they've got that well-established relationship maybe this news coming out is like kind of that indicator to us the fan base just like to your point right leon don't speak like that he just be in hiding he he, he the silent boss you know what i mean like the boss don't speak unless he's sent for right but maybe this is like this leak that was given to the fans it's like all right this is their indicator that they are on the same page now the front office is going to be behind tibbs and you know now it's us as fans to accept it right like basically like rationalize and bargain with ourselves with the fact that like the man we wanted out of here all right we got to see his bald head for another <laughs> not another year right Bro, but... we're, we're, we're back to the toxic relationship with the knicks like we're <laughs> for like yeah. looking for we're looking for the signs they're sending a text message through their best friend to tell us that no we're gonna get better this that like why does it have to be so he's gonna clean freaking... up his act you know what i mean yeah like, like why is this gotta be so complicated I, I i feel like you're looking at other rosters other teams like it it can be much more simple and i feel like people look at knicks fans like we're this really complicated group to like impress or something like Look at the Thunder, man. Like, like, just develop your players. Develop your young guys. We keep playing it like we're this huge, big market team. And, yeah, we are, but we need to operate like a small market team. Develop through the draft. You know, whatever pick you get in front of you, make the most out of that. That's why you bolster your front office with guys like Walt Perrin. You get developmental guys like Johnny Bryan and stuff. And I don't know, man. It feels like we're, we're moving backwards. We're, we're, we're just all mm. over the place. There's no consistency in this front office right now. I mean, to that I, point, I think the yeah. um, go ahead, Mo, yeah. I think one thing that could help, you know, make this a little bit easier for us fans to kind of understand would be if RJ Barrett continues to rise the way he's the way we're expecting, he gets that contract. Then that max contract would mean that he's probably going to get at least I don't know how much it is. He might be be getting paid as much as Randall is, if not more, probably more. And at that point, Tibbs doesn't have to prioritize Randall with the minutes that he gets and can kind of ease down on the minutes that he's playing if R.J. Barrett becomes that closer, but also that superstar player and the money shows it. That, that, that political game... I don't think game, it'd be more, though. 
I don't think it'd be more. I think it would just be like a rookie max extension. But I think I was seeing a hundred mil thrown around. Like just it's kinda... not. It's not one eighty. The hell was I saying? Is it one eighty? I, I think, think that's like five, five years. Year, one... Five year one eighty. That's Tobias Harris money. Shit, man. <laughs> yeah, I I have no idea. I might I, I might just be speaking out of my ass. But I could have sworn I seen five year one eighties possible for for RJ. But it's all good. People, people at... come here for the for the cap gymnastics. If he could for the, for the takes. <laughs> if he could be that max player, then that political game again. Randall doesn't have to be that guy who has to demand the ball because then at that point, Ray, Tips could hold him more accountable for the turnovers and RJ could hopefully be that closer that we wanted to be. And maybe, on the- maybe he could be, you know, reducing his minutes and then we see more Obi Toppin or other players and we wouldn't have to see a game like last night where Randall kept turning the ball over out of the idea that he has to be the closer. On that on note, the- though, just, just, yeah, go ahead, Faiz. Sorry, on the basketball side of things, like let's let's take away the political political parts of the contracts and everything. But Randall's just that type of player where he has to have the ball in his hands. He has to get his like feel out the game, feel out the ISO possessions. I don't know what the hell that shit is. But RJ, on the other hand, can play as an off ball player. So paying him the money makes sense. I I think you know what? Just to answer your guys' questions firmly, no matter what, I don't want to see Randall on this team next year. Tibbs (laughs) as coach or not, because it's like. Six for twenty-two last night. RJ six for twenty-two and Randall six for twenty-two were two very different, two sides of the story. So I just don't want to see Randall on this team, man. My bad for cutting you and off. No, 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 it's all good. I think we're all on the same page. It's that <laughs> note about Randall and just was kind of dissecting it and like just the whole situation. I feel like with Randall and like we're gonna get into this news piece and like you know shout out to Kenny Payne just got the Louisville head coaching job. You know what I mean? That's that's Randall's guy, you know what I mean? Exactly. And I don't know if y'all noticed, but like the news about Tibbs being retained literally came out two days before the Kenny Payne departure became official. And you know, you see we've seen the pattern with this front office. Some shit gets leaked and then like a move a day or two happens, you know what I mean? That's kinda related indirectly or not. But I think this is definitely related. I think part of like to y'all's point about stability and continuity, they saw Kenny Payne's about to go, you know what I mean, do his thing in Louisville. They're like, all right, we need to kind of retain some continuity if our, you know, we just lost Woodson last year, losing Kenny Payne this year. Maybe that's the kind of thinking behind retaining Tibbs because a big part of the coaching staff, Kenny Payne, is out of here. And, you know, to back to the Randall point, Kenny Payne was basically, quote unquote, like his fucking babysitter. Uh, like, I think yesterday, Mike Brady said on the air that, like, Randall said he cried like twice or whatever when he, he found, <laughs> when he found out, he like, Kenny Payne was gone. So maybe, like, his guy being gone just kind of, like, you know, that door is already kind of open, but this is, like, kind of swings that door open even more for a Randall trade, you know what I mean? Like, because his guy is gone, uh, the, tip, the Tibbs is going to be coach, and I feel like the fan base is going to want at least some major change after the kind of year we just had. So if Tibbs is staying, it's got to be Randall, right? That's my thinking, like, simplest explanation, you know what I mean? Like, his guy's not here no more, we're keeping Tibbs. RJ's coming into his own, showing himself to be, like, that number one option. That's just my whole kind of, like, reading into the situation kind of thing. But what y'all think about that? And, you know, what's y'all, what's y'all thoughts on Kenny Payne, too, just getting that new gig? Shout-out shout out Kenny Payne, man. But if he was the babysitter for the last two years, he did a really bad job at it because he is <laughs> yeah, he not. He, he's a, he, it, our baby's throwing tantrums, wilding out, like it's cursing terrible at twos. people. It's only his second year with B- Kenny Payne. Breaking iPads, breaking iPads and stuff on the sidelines. Like, come on, man. I mean, <laughs> yo, I love Kenny Payne. I love the whole big man whisperer thing. But maybe maybe we need a little less Kentucky in the house. Maybe maybe a little less of babying Randall and, and like not holding this guy accountable 
Randall is is gonna do better because you're right that Kenny Payne was Randall's guy in Kentucky. He's Randall's guy here, and maybe he just gave him a little bit too too much leeway. Cause I don't know, man. Like I said again, I'm I'm gonna say it again. The six for twenty two that RJ had last night, they had identical, literally exact field goal shooting, but. It looked like two different things where Randall's just forcing isolations and taking away from the rest of the guys where RJ still like RJ's driving can still lead to a kick out to a shooter outside or, you know, a, a lob to Mitch or something. Have you guys ever seen Julius Randall throw a lob to anyone know, else? Bro. There Have was you a ever play seen last that? night where he was like he pumped fake Kuzma and then KP met him in the paint and then he pumped faked again and fucking Mitch is right by mm -hmm. the rim under the rim, like basically clapping and shit. He could have, if not thrown a lob, he could have, like, did, like, a cute little pocket pass. But there's something about Randall not wanting to pass to Mitch that, like, you just called out and just... It, it's been a thing for years now, I think, right? Because it doesn't make sense why RJ has, like, this magical, easy-peasy chemistry with Mitch when Julius, who has the ball more than RJ, can't even, you know... He Mitch can't throw a, a lob, like, bro. He's level, never. You know I mean? He's he doesn't. And, and lobs, lobs are something. I know this is like a really weird thing. Why are we getting into lobs in the middle of this huge conversation? But lobs are something that you develop like a chemistry with in practices. Mm. You don't just do a lob for fun because it's it's a very particular thing where it's like, how does the player like the ball? How do you pass the ball? This Randall doesn't want to practice that with these guys. And look, you have another Kentucky guy on the team, Emmanuel Quickly, who had his time with Kenny Payne. He's being held accountable. He's doing all the right things but Randall's on the other side. He's not being held accountable. But to your point about what's going to happen, if, t if is it Tibbs or is it Randall, what are we going to get back for Randall? Because his value is definitely higher than it was halfway through the season. I mean, you know, it, it was a it was a freaking garbage can before. Now it's like maybe like a, a few pieces of candy or something. Nothing really crazy. But It's a, it's his, a recycling can now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, his, his value went up a little bit, but what do we get back for him? Is it going to be a Tibbs player? Someone Because mm. it's very clear that if if you want to play under Tibbs, you have to be a very specific type of player because Grimes is getting all the burn, but Cam Reddish took some time to get get those minutes until he became a quote unquote Tibbs type of guy. You know, so yeah. who do you get a, back for Randall? Like, I mean, just to chime in there, I mean, you just made a point. What will we get back for Randall? Maybe that's the thinking the front office had, just because we know they're like pragmatic, they're like slow thinkers. They're gonna assess the situation up and down. Maybe they saw the terrain and they're just like, okay, we could fire Tibbs, but we're not going to get anything if we let Tibbs go. But if we ship Randall out, we get assets back. It's as simple as that. You know I mean, players are worth more than coaches. You know what I mean? So maybe it was that's the kind of the equation. With, you know, where we got Brock Aller involved, that nerd probably just been, like, writing that shit on the whiteboard for <laughs> weeks now. And, like, Leon finally turned around and seen it. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I guess that could be it, too. And I think just whatever, you know, we settle on, I just – I'm just thinking, like, you know, it just goes back to if we're having Tibbs, then Randall's got to be on. If we're having Dump Randall, Tibbs got to be out. You know Dump I mean? them like it's, both. It's They're the both other. toxic. Cut them both out. Cut both tumors out. Because, look, we still have a good roster around, and Tibbs can adjust make other players like you know use your chess pieces in the proper way he's not Facts. doing that randall isn't playing properly cut both tumors out <laughs> let's get them both off the team it's like a symbiotic tumor <laughs> you know what i mean like it's like they feed on each other and it just just cancer all around i mean at, very dark again at, at the same time though if the players that are this young again they're in their second or third season they already lost kenny payne a lot of them lost mike woodson if they lose tibbs yeah is that going to be a problem to their psyche on, on and off the court they got johnny bryant man he could he could hold it together they got the one dude. <laughs> i feel like he's always going to be that coach that we're going to hope to be that that head coach for the knicks but i feel like in past history there's always been a coach like that that we want to step up and be that that head coach i feel like 
there's always that chance that he there's a, there's I feel like there's a higher chance that he's never gonna be the head coach of the Knicks than to there be, is to, to be, be fair. The when's the last time we had like a nice like young up and coming uh like assistant coach on our staff? I mean, we always got motherfuckers like Herb Williams and Kurt Rambis. We were sure. always just like, nah, don't fire the coach because these it guys are gonna take Mike, over. It Miller, went from Mike D'Antoni Mike to Miller is really the only Woodson. one I could think of, and Mike. Yeah, Woodson, but it was yeah. like. Yeah, it was but like, these are old th- guys. I, I get Nafi's point. It's like you're going from Mike D'Antoni, old head, to Mike Woodson, another old head. Where exactly. like this guy Johnny Bryan is proven to develop Donovan Mitchell, and I'm sorry, he has proven to develop RJ because there's a huge jump between year one RJ and what we're seeing year three RJ. If you mm-hmm. listen to every podcast right now, out you're hearing things about RJ. I'm listening to Bill Simmons, Ryan Rosillo podcast. Mm-hmm. They're talking about RJ. Well, I'm listening to Kevin O'Connor podcast. They're talking about RJ because he he's making those waves and mm-hmm. he's really standing out from the rest of the players. So, I mean, that's Johnny Bryan. And, you know, I think if RJ is giving credit to Tibbs, I got, who am I to, like, disagree with But he's with a RJ? youngin, bro. Like, you know, these yeah, guys, it's, true, it's politics. True. It's politics at the end of the day because you think he's going to come out and be like, yeah, man, fuck Tibbs for giving Randall all the touches when I should be holding the no, ball at not. the end of the quarter. You know, like, th- these also, guys are going to have to be civil. These guys are going to have to shout them out. And, yo, I feel like people, are, people aren't seeing it like, yo, you can credit Tibbs while also calling him out for all the bullshit he did. Yeah, yeah, you know, he he did establish a culture, but at the same time, he's now holding people accountable. So in some aspects, he did the things that he was here to do. We got what we wanted out of him. Damn, I am I am literally flip-flopping between takes. No, no, no. You, you basically you, you Beginning of the pod. Beginning Yo, of the pod. Yeah, we should retain Tibbs, Knicks man. man. That's the life of a Knicks <laughs> fan. But, to your point, though, about like RJ being a young player, a youngin, you're right. As as a young player, it, it, just a young person in general, a young person slash player, they don't know what they don't know. You know what I mean? So like a sponge, RJ, bro, he's just absorbing. Exactly. So he just like RJ from what he's had to deal with. He had fucking fizzle before, and like half a season of Mike Miller. So like to him, Tibbs is a godsend. But then I keep thinking about like like Giannis cried like a baby when Jason Kidd got fired from Milwaukee. You know what I mean? And then that turned out to be the best move for him. You know what I mean? Or or the Warriors, they was. They seem to be very upset. Like, the players, at least, were a little upset when Mark Jackson was let go. But then they're not complaining right now. You know what I mean? So, it's just, I'm not worried about, like, RJ's kind of continued commitment and uh, admiration for Tibbs. But it seems like the front office is keeping that in mind. And they're going to keep him next season. But last thing before we kind of pivot to the games we actually had this week. But, you know, what we've seen so far, two seasons on the Leon Rose, two seasons on the Tibbs. We're two for two with an assistant, a lead assistant going to another destination. Last year, Mike Woodson. This year, Kenny Payne. I'm worried, bro, that we, we all begging up Johnny Bryant. We all love Johnny Bryant. Is he the next one in line next season? You know what I mean? And maybe, like, this kind of leads to me to a question I have. Do y'all think that's the thinking as well? Like, that with the front office, they're like, Johnny Bryant is next up as far as getting a new coaching opportunity either in college or somewhere else. And so they'd rather, you know, it, it may not be this year, but they think Johnny Bryant's next up next season, right? Maybe they're just like, we'll keep Tibbs. You know what I mean? And then next year... When it looks like there's a storyline brewing that Johnny Bryant might jump ship, that's when the fr- the the front office they like they fire Tibbs, they win points with us, and like make Johnny Bryant you know the the head coach. Because like what I'm seeing is the leaks are calculated. The narrative they always try to push for two years now. It's always like a like something consistent. They're tra- that's their strategy. You know what I mean? So I don't know. That, I'm, I'm maybe reading too much into it, but I wanna I want y'all to get y'all take on my insane musings right now. So then, what y'all why think? why would they leak that report of them keeping and retaining Tibbs? If that's if that's the idea, because they could that could happen whether or not that report leaked out or not. Jo- what do you like mean? John, like, like Johnny Bryant get potentially gets an offer, they're gonna fire Tibbs either way. So why put out that report if that's if that's gonna if that could and maybe would that's the thing because like 
this time last year, we were seeing Johnny Bryant was like in talks with Utah, Utah State, I think, to be a coach and like other opportunities. We haven't heard that about Johnny Bryant this year so far. It was just been Kenny Payne, right? I think that could be for a reason, too, just given the fact that like, you know, Leon is from CAA, CAA controls like everything, you know what I mean, basically. So my thinking is, why, so you're asking like, why would they put out this leak about Tibbs staying if the plan is for eventually Johnny Bryant? Right. I think you just answered it right there. You know what I mean? It's just like they know Johnny Bryant's gonna be uh, like a like a hot commodity next season. So uh, maybe they had told him off the side that like, yo, you still in line to be that guy to step into the big chair, quote unquote. Let's just you know what I mean? Let's ride out this wave, this kind of this uh, this period of instability by losing Kenny Payne. Because as fans, you know, we all love KP, but within the coaching staff and within the organization or with any organization, both, you know, in the corporate world and the sports world, when you lose a major piece like that, there's always going to be the transition period. And you'd rather have like some continuity there to like, you know, like, you know, get through that period. You know what I mean? So I think maybe that's the thinking. They're like, Johnny Brown's going to have more responsibility now. He's still the lead or the associate head coach. You know what I mean? So I'm thinking they keep tips for a year. You know what I mean? It's RJ's last year of his rookie deal. Next season, we get Tibbs out of here. Johnny Bryant, you know, eventually takes over. I see you Faiz is smiling this whole time. So Yo, am I, am I, am I seem like the crazy <laughs> motherfucker on the subway nah, that'd be nah, like, nah. You're like rambling all, for change? All I, or? Think, all I could think while you're saying this whole thing is this shit sound like a Game of Thrones episode. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, freaking, you, see what you got Leon Rose coming to the side like, listen, listen, Johnny, we're going to get you the job once Tibbs goes. I mean, he I hired him, not Tibbs. This, this thing sounds like, if, if it goes the way you're saying, it sounds, in my opinion, like a PR disaster. Like, if Johnny O'Brien comes out with the, if there's something comes out where they're like, oh, Johnny Bryan's going to get hired by, uh, I think, personally, I think he would get hired by another NBA team. I don't think he's going to end up going back to college to coach or anything. I think he's a, mm. a NBA coach caliber type of guy. But if a report like that comes out and then we fire Tibbs and then hire Johnny Bryant, that's like really messy. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, we only fired Tibbs. We're, we're making the move of firing Tibbs because someone else is going to poach Johnny Bryant away from us. I just don't like the Knicks falling into that pigstein type of getting really down into it into the mess of it but i, I kind of see the angle you're going for but also would that be a bad look if like if they see that like a, we have a young rising coach that's like really like drawing a lot of attention and before he but takes then if we have or if that being, coach if we have that coach who can do something like that why not just upgrade him right now instead of waiting till someone's gonna take him away it's like oh i'm not gonna put a ring on my girlfriend until i see someone else is flirting with him like it's just it's a messy look it's it's not I dig it's not it, the but stability it's also, you want in my it's opinion. also business though you know what i mean when you have like a team member that you know you value and then like they're entertaining other offers that's when like any business is just like All right, now we gotta like throw this guy the bag but even even weirder but this is a really public pastures. business this yeah. isn't like a is a really public business and you know these budding heads and stuff makes a huge difference at the end of the day like my you know, thing is though like i don't think it would be a bad look if next year like uh, johnny bryant's like fielding offers and we still have tibbs as the head coach and we're just like all right tibbs get the fuck out of here we're gonna hire johnny bryant because i think to the league it'll show like yo the knicks are finally they finally groomed a young head coach within their organization for a number of years you know what i mean and he's getting the upgrade as opposed to like I was trying to chase another big name, you know, because that's the way you could flip the narrative if you're the Knicks or even just like us Knicks fans, like I just, just did right now, you know, and they got a fucking million dollar PR department, you know what I mean? So they're getting paid to fucking think through this shit, but I think like that that's million, easily kind that of that million dollar you know, PR answer. department has been in the toilet, bro, because the Knicks, well, you were hurting PR, you guy, you know? bro, the hurting Knicks you PR has looked bad. Like this report leaking out, all this, like th this is why we're here, man, because it's a mess, and I'm scared of that mess. I think, I think at the end of the day. 
I, I don't think we have to worry too much about Johnny Bryant leaving because you, you notice Mike Woodson went to his alma mater. Um, Kenny Payne went back to his alma mater. Like this, this is specific. Kenny Payne had another opportunity to coach last year as well, or I think early this year, and he declined it because it wasn't his alma mater. So I, to your point, I think if we're grooming Johnny Bryant, I think he also will understand that I shouldn't be leaving another job. Like I shouldn't be leaving for another job unless it's like a head coaching opportunity with, for example, the Spurs or something because the Greg, Chris mm. Greg Popovich is leaving, then, you know, obviously you're going to take that offer. But what would you rather have? An opportunity to be the head coach of the New York Knicks or the head coach of a college basketball team? Now, I think Kenny Payne and Mike Woodson knew they didn't have that opportunity in front of them. I think Johnny Bryant knows that, hey, I actually have a shot at becoming a head coach here. Exactly. So that that, that means he'll be cool with staying there. You know what I mean? So I don't yeah, think it'll be bad think, PR so. if he... Yeah, that's, I think so. uh, you know what I mean? Like you just kind of made my point for me, brother. Yeah, but I also do think it'll look really ugly if someone if someone's like, yeah, we want to hire Johnny Bryan, then we're like, yeah, fuck you, Tibbs. Like immediately, like yeah, fuck you, Tibbs, you're out of here. I, I don't think, think it'll be like think, fuck you, Tibbs. Just because, I think it's like, like you should be firing Tibbs because he's a bad coach, not because someone else is trying to get your other coach. You you get what I'm trying to say? I think that's no, the messy I, part of I, it. I dig that. No, I dig it, but I don't think it's just that though. I think it's like. Also, the fact that, like, maybe by next year, we'll know, like, if we all feel like Tibbs has run his course after two years, then I feel like hopefully the front office by end of year three will say, like, now Tibbs has run his course. You know what I mean? It might, yo, it might even be all-star break, bro. The way Tibbs has been coaching, it it might even be earlier. And I also think just, like, I think it was, like, years ago, I I don't know, it was one of these NBA podcasts, ESPN podcasts. They're just, like, the average NBA head coach tenure is, like, two and a half years. Yep. And I feel like, you know, Leon and Wes being in the business of the NBA for decades now, they're well aware of that. You know what I mean? So maybe that's the thing. They know that, like, uh, any coach, a replacement-level coach has, like, a two-year shelf life, and that's what they're trying to do with Tibbs. We may not like it. it. So let's let's pivot. Let's pivot. So from, from the hypotheticals, from next season, I want to talk a little bit more about what happened last night's game. So great, oh, we play great, last great conversation, <laughs> great conversation. I think we're going to end up talking about what can happen to the head coaching job for a long time. It's going to be, it's going to pop up every week, but I want to, I want to definitely want to make sure we put in some time to last night's game. So, uh, Fai, starting off with you, one main takeaway that you got from last night's win against the Wizards. What do you got? Uh, I mean, honestly, I, I, the, the, the main takeaway was like the Knicks are bad, but the Wizards are way worse. I know Porzingis played pretty well, like he had a pretty solid outing, but the Knicks ended up coming up with a win that they usually don't get. And I think it, it came down to us having the best player on the floor, which I think was RJ Barrett. I think, you know, him hitting those free throws at the end. I know he didn't really have a great shooting night. He went six for 22, but like, you know, him hitting those clutch free throws, drawing the foul, playing good defense on KCP mm-hmm. at the end of the day. That's what made the the real difference because when the Knicks have been in that position against other teams, they really lost every single one of those clutch situation games. And, you know, coming out with the win last night was huge. And it came from, it came behind RJ. And see, again, I want to come back to that point with Randall and RJ. That's the difference between them at the end of the day. When RJ has a poor shooting night, he's still putting the work on defense. He's still getting others involved. Where Randall showing no effort on defense. Like if if the the shot isn't falling for him, he's just not, he's a non-factor in the game. And that's frustrating. All right, Nafi, what about you? One one main takeaway. I'm fucking tired of Randall, which is basically a carryover from our last conversation. It's just like, yo, last night, to, if I use this point to piggyback off that, last night I just felt like half the time Randall was in a dick-measuring contest with Kuzma, bro. You know, former Lakers teammates. He saw Kuzma matched up with him. He's like, oh, time to do the mellow shit. Time, 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 <laughs> time to, like, just take over, hijack a possession and think I'm fucking mellow in his prime. And 
Yeah, that's one, my one takeaway. I'm fucking fed up with it. I'll live with RJ's playing style leading to a 6-for-22 night because we know he's a playmaker by trade. Julius, he wants, he wants, he thinks he's a he's a bully ball ISO monster, and yeah, the numbers last year may have bared it out as something you know he's good at, but that was an empty gym, bro. Like all these NBA players are nice, you know, in in these open runs as ISO players. So that's my one takeaway. What about yes. you, Mo? I think my one takeaway is that we got some really good young pieces, and right now a lot of them are mm. playing their best stretches of NBA basketball mm. in their career. So two name two names I want to point out: Emmanuel Quickly and Mitchell Robinson. Quickly, we're seeing. You know, pay that man. He, he's, I ain't talking about quickly. He's, he's killing it, man. He, we're seeing him being a more efficient shooter from the three, attacking the basket, getting more opportunities from the free throw line. Obviously, he's one of the best free throw shooters in the NBA, so he's he's obviously capitalizing on those. Been rebounding he's a lot, rebounding, too. and most importantly, he's dropping dimes in like a myriad mm. of ways. So he got that outlet pass mm-hmm. to Randall where he got the dunk. He had that one play where Randall was posting up Ishmith, and obviously, quickly like drove right past Randall and got Quinn Grimes on that open three. Beautiful pass, exactly. It. So the offense is flowing better when Randall is not ISO playing, and obviously Who IQ IQ has realized it, and now he's you know he's playing against it. And um, you know with the offense flowing better, obviously again in a in a game like last night where the offense was terrible, uh, we saw a lot of good minutes from him. And with the increase in minutes for IQ, I think we can be more confident that he can possibly lead the team at the one, maybe. And but what I do know is that he should be starting right now. I have no idea why Alec Burks is still starting. Um, and with uh, Mitchell, Tips. Mitchell Robinson, man, he found a new niche in offensive rebounds. And he's one of the best offensive rebounders in the NBA. And for me, I think that's kind of like compa- it's, it's comparable to like a point guard suddenly becoming an excellent ball handler and being able to get into the paint. And, uh, you know, it's a different kind of offense when he's able to catch all these misses from guys like Randall and, you know, whoever else. And uh, putting it right back into the basket and getting his points, man. Double double. He's a double double machine. And uh, for me, mm-hmm. pay that man. He got that natural instinct. He got that balance. He's seven foot one, and he could be a special big man in the NBA. And I think at the minimum, minimum, he could be a starting caliber NBA starter for any NBA team. Can't disagree there. Can't disagree there. He's got. He's got to be a starting caliber player. Um, I wanna. I wanna just touch on someone who's been uh, kind of like quiet. Uh, like uh, enough Knicks fans are not appreciating him, and it's gonna be Evan Fournier. I know a lot of people are gonna hear that and be like, "Yo, what the hell? Yo, over the last four games, Evan Fournier has been close to five assists per game. I've been mm. astonished seeing that. I think he's averaging four point seven five percent. Uh, four point seven five assists, and on top of that, shooting 48 percent from three, high volume wow. shooter. Wow. He's been flowing in the offense real well and then uh, I also want to shout out this guy's going to take over the most Knicks made threes in a season on his first season a record held by John Starks he's at 206 made threes right now Starks had 217 so a few more games and he's going to have that so I know a lot of people are still upset about that Fournier contract but at the end of the day I like him as a player who can fit into the offense when we're using him well I'm hearing a lot of people talk about him coming off the bench which I kind of would like I know we paid him a lot of money but when you have a player like Grimes who is a starting caliber player as of now we can put him and we can you know play him starting and let Fournier cook on the bench like he did with the Magic with other teams where, where, where we would like him better and you know, I, I want to give him a little bit of love because he's been getting a lot of hate this year. That's, that's like a no, twenty facts, twenty-five yeah, like, year record that's about to be beaten in in his first season. The, you you know who's right after him? 
J.R. Smith. That's the type of player that we compare Legends. him to. You know, this is a shooter. It's the thing about shooters, bro. <laughs> shooter's going to shoot. These guys are streaky type of players. Like, I'm not trying to say Evan is as nice as a guy like uh, Mikhail Bridges, but Mikhail Bridges has off nights too. That's what that's what happens with shooters. Like, it, it's 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 the thing of, of of a shooter. I didn't and say Evan's a more pure shooter than Mikhail Bridges. He's and, like, a more pure shooter. It's, it's because Mikhail can do a little bit more dribbling. Can uh, can mm. bring it into the into the uh, paint a little. Yeah, he's got more athleticism naturally. Yeah, a little bit more. He's young. I'm with you all the way, bro. Like Evan, like people was really hating on Evan, and even I was guilty of it. But but I've been saying what you've been saying for a minute too. I feel like the best way to optimize him is to give him more touch with the ball let him be a little bit more of a playmaker and the best way to do that i thought for a minute was bring him off the bench but that's because i never thought we would get into the mode where oh you know we're gonna take the ball out of julius's hands more often and now look what look what we're seeing right now you know I mean we're talking about iq flourishing we're talking about rj flourishing we're talking about evan flourishing because they get more touches they get more opportunities because julius isn't you know we realize he's not fucking hakeem olajuwon you know what i mean like <laughs> so i think to your point like he's I've said it before. I think he's a keeper at this stage, and he may not be worth his entire contract, but I definitely think he has a good rapport with RJ. Great shooter, as his, as the numbers and record this season will indicate, and he sh- yep. he's got some playmaking. He's like a jack of all trades, master of none, but he's really good at shooting too. You know what I mean? And Yo, he may stink on defense, but to your point about guys, better. To to be fair yeah, to him, it, he's gotten better. I, exactly. He had a couple of nice steals yeah. last night. And I know it was the Wizards. You know what I mean? G League team, but. With uh, with Evan, I feel like to your point about Grimes, I do think that's the perfect kind of trade off to make next season. I don't think we'll see it this year, but I do think, yeah, the money's ugly. Like seeing that come off the bench as a six man, but I do think if we're trying to optimize our lineups around RJ, you know what I mean? Like Grimes is a low usage guy. He's a much better defender than Evan. He can move without the ball. You know what I mean? So I feel like more t- that'll maximize touches for RJ. It'll let Evan cook off the bench, be like our fake Manu Ginobili. You know what I mean? They both got the same hairline. It all works. You know what I mean? <laughs> So, I don't know. Yo, I, I just I, hopefully... I'm glad. I'm glad we didn't move away from Evan at the at the trade deadline because that was lowest value Evan. Now yeah. we're coming back to normal Facts. value Evan. It's possible by my next trade deadline he comes back to playing into his contract, which I don't really see happening because I think from the beginning everyone knew Evan Fournier was a little bit of an overpay. But the thing is, he's playing the most coveted position in the NBA, the wing position, which everyone mm. wants. And when you could do shooting, when you could uh you know put the ball on the floor, make a few passes play relatively like he can play when he when Evan wants to he can play defense he's he's like he's someone who is often caught lacking because because uh, he just doesn't want to but when he puts in the effort tries to get the steal goes for stuff like that he, he looks like a good player and I don't know I, I think I think you're right I think we could we could reha- rehab his value maybe you know now he he's gotten one year off the contract he's only gonna have two years on the contract possibly by the end of next season when a lot of players are available we could use him in a sign and trade because he's gonna be an expiring contract after that mm. so I, I'm not I'm not I like Evan's contract, yeah. and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him. On I the think team. as far as this season goes, I'm okay with him starting for the rest of the for the rest of the season. Yeah. Ten or twelve games yeah, left, yeah, well. he can do. Quentin Grimes, I want to see him grow into a player like Fournier as far as offense goes, because Fournier can shoot any type of three you can imagine: step back, corner, mm-hmm. off the dribble, fadeaway, catch and shoot. Catch and shoot. The, yep. He could do it all, and there aren't that many other starters on our team right now who can shoot the way he does. And assuming you know Quentin Grimes is able to grow this offseason and is able to add couple of that into his uh, repertoire I uh, you know I, I think Fournier as a starter is not a bad you know situation for us 
You're about to piss off the Cam stands, bro. <laughs> like, they want Evan out of here, bro. Put Cam in the starting lineup next year. Maybe Grimes. But, yo, yo, if, if, Reddish is about, is, if Reddish is ready to do that, fuck it. Do it. You know what I mean? Like It's it's what – remember, we were talking about this, Nafi. It's the stable of wings. When you have yeah, a bunch exactly. of different wings, you can play Grimes starting. You could start Cam. I mean, preferably, I think no matter what, Cam would be nice off the bench. But, you know, you can have Cam on the – you can have Cam starting off the bench. When you have these players coming in and out, you can plug and play with them. Like – Ah, and speaking to Cam, man, I was at that Blazers game this week. I know, like, the lineups with Cam were a lot of fun to watch because that was the fun young lineup. But, yo, I got to see a lot of time with Jericho Sims, Obi Toppin, RJ, Emmanuel Quickly. Man, those lineups are so much fun. You guys saw that Obi to Sims lob? Mm. That's mm. why I was so mm. hyper-focused. Like, we've seen more Obi to Sims lobs, Obi to Mitch lobs, than we've seen Randall to these players. Make Back. that make sense? Like... It's because he's a willing passer. It's because Obi's willing to to try something else. And that's one of the things that frustrates me the most about Tom Thibodeau, the misuse and mishandling of Obi Toppin. Using him as some, like, uh, catch and shoot in, in the corner. Like, this guy is good in transition. This guy is good around the rim. He can, he, you know, I love his... Like, when Randall does the pump fake, he's pump faking to look to get a better shot. When Obi mm. does the pump fake, he's looking to get into the paint attack. And I, I love that about him, man. These young guys that we have on our team... They're like it's so crazy. You look at the Knicks from like four years ago. There was no nothing to look forward to. We were like Frank Nilakina was the only player and we would hold on to hey, and milk hey, everything hey, out of we, him. We, said, hey, we, we leave it right there. He don't said be, we don't be slandering. <laughs> okay, don't be slandering. Not me, but leave it right there. Leave it right there. <laughs> but no, no. I mean, to your point though, it's kind of like I don't want to gas Obi up, but it's almost like him and Julius kind of. Y- y- y'all hoop, y'all know what I'm talking about. It's just like they have like two different ways of reading the game. You know what I mean? Julius is like he needs to kind of slowly process everything. He needs to hold it, just like uh, read the terrain, and then he's gonna like plot his way to draw a double team to like pass to the immediately open shooter. Obi, I feel like he's got like that, like that kind of like that San Antonio Spurs model of like moving the ball and passing, where it's just like if you if you're not immediately open, uh, kick it out. You know what I mean? Or d- drive. You know what I mean? It's, like it's it's kind of like. A distinction there, and obviously Randall's a better player right now. But I think hopefully, you know, that log jam could get cleared up, and we could finally see Obi get more minutes to show out next season. Yeah, and yeah. the uh, as we start to close out this episode, we, the Knicks are playing the Jazz tomorrow night. The Jazz, who destroyed the Bulls, destroyed the the Clippers last night. Donovan Mitchell coming to town. How do you guys feel about the Knicks' chances against beating the uh, the number four seed of the West? Honestly, I think it's kind of like 50-50 just because, like, I've seen a few of these Jazz games where, like, they just kind of don't show up and and aren't prepared. But, you know, the Knicks are obviously much more notorious for not being prepared for these games. But I don't know. I feel like we've been kind of shitting on the Knicks uh, before they start these Sunday games. Like, I don't know if you guys remember the Clippers game. We were like, oh, that's Mm going to be a really shitty game, this, that. So we were wrong there. Uh, We said the Nets game would be, like, a non-factor. And they played a really competitive game despite KD having 50, you know. So I I think it's very possible that they show out and, and, you know, at least play a competitive game because they've they've been much more competitive over over the last few games. And I think it ties into this this mentality that they're really trying to make in the play-ins. Like, winning winning against the Wizards last night, uh, winning against the Wizards last night puts them a half a game above them and Mm. a few games back behind Atlanta – they win tomorrow's game and then they win against Atlanta, all of a sudden, it's still possible. You know, I, I know optimistic Knicks fan here, but it's it's still possible. So the Knicks still have a lot of fight in them, man, and I, I'm, I'm all here for it. Yeah, I think 
so the game's at MSG. Um, I, I don't know what the Utah's road record is, but I do feel like that's just one of those games. You know, if we we all hear the Donovan Mitchell chatter, I'm pretty sure the young players on the team hear that chatter as well. And I think RJ especially is going to want to show out. And, you know, RJ's really good about bouncing back from a poor shooting night. You know what I mean? So, you know, knock on wood, fingers crossed, everything. I think, you know, we might see one of those, you know, RJ uh, masterpieces tomorrow, hopefully. You know what I mean? Uh, just because of the occasion, you can see Donald Mitchell across from him. He's like, oh, half the Knicks fan base wants me to tr- wants to get rid of me for you. You know what I mean? So let me fucking, you know what I mean, clown you. But, you know, we'll see. I- I'm not ensuring a win, but, you know, this this team is definitely giving us more to be optimistic about as far as, exactly. like, competitive and I know the tank brigade is not going to fuck with that. But, you know what I mean, math is hard for those people. So, whatever. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's my takeaway. Hopefully, it's a fun game. Hopefully, we don't get blown out. I'm going to keep it, you know what I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep it more neutral this time. Because you're right. Last time, I was like, yo, we're going to get mopped the fuck up. And we embarrassed the Clippers. So, <laughs> yo, watch, <laughs> it was reverse jinx. I don't know. Watch, I don't know. Yeah, watch. Because we're also neutral about it, the Knicks are going to get washed. They're going to get oh, bro, washed we're gonna get slaughtered. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I want to be there to see it live too. So we'll see. We'll see. Maybe, oh, maybe, maybe I'm going to leave early fourth quarter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Might 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 come out that way. Uh, I've seen a lot of Knicks losses. It's really hard for me to leave. We early, all have, man. I, I got to <laughs> suffer through the whole thing. I'm, I'm sadistic <laughs> like that. It's discipline. Makes you a man. <laughs> you got to take your medicine. Yo, I never, I never get it, bro. I was at that Blazers game and we were kind of blowing them out, and people were leaving uh, early. I'm like. Man, is that's, this the brown guy stupid. in me? Like, I'm not. I'm trying to get nah, every that's penny the, out of this corporate game. Corporate crowd, there, bro. They, they, they got like dinners to go to or something. I'm trying to see every point, every dribble. Man, I paid for this game. Like, I'm gonna try to see it clean, clean the court afterwards. <laughs> right? Yo, I always gotta talk to the security. Like, yo, we're putting the chairs away. I'm like, yo, yo, one more pick. Let me get one more pick, bro, please. Right? Like, yo, as much as we fucking pay for them seats, I want to go down there and mop the floor with the ball boys. Come on, now. you kidding me? Yo, man. I got to sit real close to the court, and, man, seeing these guys, yo, Jericho Sims in person, man, this guy's built like the Incredible Hulk, bro. He is. She don't make no sense. <laughs> yo, these, yo, I'm telling you, man, I'm, I'm feeling real optimistic because these, these Knicks players, these young players, they're so much fun to watch. It, it's been a long time coming. And shout out to all the Knicks fans who have been sitting through and waiting for, for this. And, mm. you know, we, we deserve this shit. <laughs> Not necessarily the season, but yeah, I feel you. We deserve these young mm-hmm. players to root for. <laughs> Wait, real quick before before we wrap up, I know we had. I just want to do like one minute of it. You want? I got you guys want to do that ranking the young players since we're talking about them real quick. Like, I definitely feel like there could be some good debates had. Maybe we should pocket that for a future episode because I definitely feel like you know. What I mean, let's take some time to think. Who about you got it, the you know? top three? Let me just hear the top three in, in order. Nah, no, 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 we 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 the professionals here. We we the vets here. We got we got to tease it out for our listeners, brother. You know what I mean? Like, tune Man, in next I'm, I'm time. too excited. I'm too excited. <laughs> I, I love talking about these guys. I feel like it changes every week too. Nah, I mean y'all already know who I got number one on my list. RJ, like I'll. If I'll RJ is the number one on your list, you're doing it wrong. So that's the exactly. Tease. There you go. That's the. But tease. then again, RJ half our fan base seems to like Yo, hesitate. Some, some, will say, some people will say say Deuce McBride number one. Got to get every minute. Oh, yeah. How y'all feel about him not playing last night? I see some people upset about that, but I mean Grimes is back. I mean, before we close out, super minor note, but you know. The Deuce Hive was upset that Grimes didn't play. How y- I mean, not that uh, McBride didn't play. How y'all feel? Yeah. I mean, I'm not really like adamant. Like, I, I like Deuce. I want to see him play more minutes, but he's, you know, I'm not. I'm not fighting right, people exactly. over it. Like, he right, he is right. at the bottom of the no. bench at, at this point. 
Also, it's not like he's he he left the rotation because he wanted like you know Tibbs want to play like I don't know a ten day veteran exactly. signing. It's yeah, Grimes is back. You know what I mean? Like that's our first round pick. It's it's the hierarchy, first round or second round or yeah. you know what I mean? McBride is okay. Win. We got and just you know Knicks fans are just so as, yeah. You know as long as you, it's, it's what Mo bipolar. said. You, we came out with the win, so exactly. It's not gonna help some people though. The people were literally bitching about McBride not playing, which I I, I guess you know what I mean. <laughs> Papa Prozac. That'll help you out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we appreciate you guys checking out this episode of Nickish. Make sure you check out our website, nick-ish.com. Check out our blog. New post every Monday by our very own Omar Faruqi. His first post is up. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a well-written well written post. I highly recommend it. Uh, make sure you give us that five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all podcasting platforms. And uh, cop yourself a hoodie today. Go for it. Why not? All right. Until next time, take care, everyone. Peace. Peace. Peace.